I'm I'm like I'm like Egg Shen from Big Trouble in Little China. I'm trying to make order out of chaos here. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this podcast to bring you some incredible news. We are under attack. Never before has this reporter seen such devastation, such destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, I fear the time has come for Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules! So grab a can of fermented weed and listen up. It may just save your life. Special holiday episodes are always stupid. Cynical cash grabs by greedy corporations looking to squeeze a few extra Nielsen points out of sentimental claptrap for mushbrain idiots who'd rather spend their Christmas watching a fake family on TV than actually trying to have a conversation with their own dumb families. And welcome back to Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules, my friends. Uh... Uh, against my better judgment, I have reconvened the Gooch Squad for another fine holiday special. You know, of course, uh, before we get too far into it, let's let's introduce the Gooch Squad. Uh, today, we've got uh, our pal, uh, the lovable Grinch himself, Michael Noble, out there in sunny California. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm Grinchy. I'm I'm caffeined up and up since 1.30, so watch your P's and Q's because it's going to get hot, baby. <laughs> very, very good very good we'll we'll mind those uh and uh, also joining us today is uh the venerable uh and uh and i don't even know where i'm going with that but uh jim dr dim fitzsimmons is Woo-hoo. joining us here from uh, st paul minnesota i got it right this time yes uh, you did <laughs> so i am venerable <clears throat> just change, convince my wife and kid of that i am but <laughs> Well, yeah, here from the cold climes of uh, of St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, we're we're happy to have you here today. Um, yes. Also joining us today, uh, all the way from uh, from across the pond, uh, it's it's Jeff Hickmott over there in in jolly old England, uh, which I'm sure is just teeming with Yorkshire pudding and and uh, and and various other holiday treats, spotted dick perhaps. Um, uh, not today, no. No, no <laughs> spotted, no <laughs> spotted dick today. Not since uh, the penicillin I, took effect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had coronation chicken today. Oh, that is a great British meal invented for the coronation oh, of the queen. Good. Yes, wow. yeah. excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for staying up late with us. I know it's uh, well, actually, it's, it's only not really late. It's, Come on, it's, it's only like it's six tough. o'clock over there right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, so, not 80, Douglas. that's not that's not so bad i suppose uh and also joining us uh rounding out the uh gooch squad today we've got uh my pal and yours uh brian curtis our uh, uh excellent uh uh pop culture specialist uh and i and i and i say pop culture kind. specialist because uh he knows things that uh happened after 1989 so uh, this is wow I've lived through a lot of them. <laughs> this so is, did I, but I'm not aware of them. None of us have. <laughs> so we're happy. And 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 uh, and to top it off, uh, Brian also recently 
made a, uh, a a great uh, forward to my new book, uh, The Nefarious Nomenclature oh. of Norman Nickelbottom, which I had to get in a, a, a cheap plug for. Well, before you should we... plug it. And again, the, the book is even better than the pro, than the than the forward. So buy the book. Well, okay, if you, you say so. For the <laughs> or buy the book for the forward. There you go. Yeah, that's there you usually go. what I buy two, just in case. One for you know, for a gift. And yeah, then get there one you go. Yourself. You know, and one in case you you know you smudge it, smudge it. You should always have a spare. And yes. then one to keep that one table even. You know, I <laughs> well, mean, you know, it's, it's, as long as you're getting more than one copy. Well, it's it's 204 pages, so you know it it's uh, it's got a little table. it's got a little bit of a got a little bit of a you know heft. width width to it, a little heft to it, yeah. So um, I will yes. have to I will have to purchase a copy. Well, not. maybe, maybe you will. I, maybe you won't. I, Who knows? I will. Christmas I, is no, coming. That's all I'm saying, Jim. A present for myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for joining us here today, guys. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, we are going to uh, talk about some of our favorite um, holiday-themed specials and TV shows. I kind of expanded it a little bit because... Um, otherwise I think we would have been fighting over, uh, too many, uh, you know, Rankin and Bass shows, uh, <laughs> Rankin and Bass is going to be, uh, represented. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to be well represented. Yes. Correct. Yes. Um, but, but I figured that, uh, maybe, maybe we ought to, uh, you know, open it up a little bit because there are some great, great, uh, individual episodes from, from TV shows that, that I think are worth, talking about and um you know uh they're the one i'm going to talk about later definitely i, I think is w worthy of of uh of some notice and i and it's probably one that uh, none of you have seen except possibly brian so okay. and that's all i'm going to say about it right now because oh, I, okay. I i kept my picks a secret um going into this so nobody knows so, what i'm about to say well uh, he-man had a christmas special uh, yes did, yeah. Hey, don't don't yeah. get ahead. Don't Scary. get ahead. Don't go. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, prior to the show, we uh, kind of create a little batting order. So, Michael is going to go first with his first pick. So, what what you got for us, Michael? Well, uh, we got a twofer going on here because uh, my my first pick, uh, Jim and I decided we're going to double team how the Grinch stole Christmas. How about that? <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. This, this, this thing's just a tradition. If you, if you say Christmas special, how could you not include, and even if it was in a top three, how could you not start out with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or at least have it in your top three? Because it always has been for me. As a matter of fact, when when you said you were going to put this thing together, Douglas, and you said specials, a lot of my things went to movies, and you put the kibosh on that because they're specials, not movies. They're not the How the Grinch Stole Christmas uh, film from Ron Howard and not, uh, you know, The Ref or definitely not. Christmas with a yes. Cranks or anything like that. No. They had to be special. So yes. you were cracking the whip and, and going from there. So 
obviously the first thing that went to my mind is how the Grinch stole Christmas. And I'm telling you how popular it is. It's so popular that Jim and I are fighting over it. So we had to double team it. Even though I dibsed it first. (laughs) (laughs) That you did, Jim. That you did. We're still fighting over it. See? See, we're still. So in in a manner of of appeasing Jim, I'll let Jim go first and talk about how the Grinch stole Christmas. How about that? I, I, we figured that Michael can handle any of the little trivia bits about this particular production, but uh, I would talk about how I how I think the artwork of it is so brilliant. It uh, it's it's absolutely Chuck Jones, Chuck Jones of uh, uh, Looney Tunes fame, Bugs Bunny, and all that. I mean, it's it's you know he's the uh, he's the director of it. Um, and so it's his look of it. We all know what, you know, Dr. Seuss artwork looks like, you know, done by Dr. Seuss and it's, it's influence is there obviously, cause he's pulling it from the material, but it's just, it has the Chuck Jones look. Uh, there's a moment in the, uh, uh, in the artwork that just, just, I just love it so much when the Grinch gets a terribly Grinchy idea. And he smiles to himself, and he's looking right at the camera. And his face just turns into this. It, it, it just—how do you describe it? It just becomes this evil, malevolent smile, all the way up to his hair. And it's just such a Chuck Jones moment <laughs> in there. And by the way, as long as mentioning Chuck Jones and the Dr. Seuss animation, I think—I could be wrong—but you guys have all seen Horton Hears a Who. Yes. Yes. And yep. there's Dr. Hoovy. He's one of the Who people that talks to Horton. I swear Dr. Hoovy is based on Chuck Jones. It's it's a character of him. Hmm. But uh, that's a little side. So I just, I love how it looks. Uh, it, it they, they, they pull off making Doc, uh, the Grinch look like he's wearing, you know, you know loose-fitting long underwear. With his whole body, that green fur of his, that they kind of right. every time he every time he pushes his hands against himself, it folds up and has that. His shoes are two sizes too small, and his heart is three sizes too small, or whatever it is, and all this neat stuff to it. So, uh, and then of course, as far as the voice talent, uh, who could how could you do, do better than Boris Karloff to be the narrator? Oh, definitely that. And the voice of the Grinch, it's just fantastic. But Michael. We'll mention something that got missed on the uh, on the production of this episode. Yes, I will. And speaking of the artwork, uh, uh, Jim, I don't think I've told talked about this with anyone. Um, every year, except for this one, obviously, um, when I went to Comic Con down Main Street on the Sixth Avenue, right in downtown San Diego, there is a little. Um, art festival museum that uh, comic-con puts together all the time and chuck jones is always represented with a lot of his sketches and artwork original sketches and artwork there and sometimes he shows up and there have been over the years some fantastic pieces and storyboards and whatnot that um that show up not necessarily by him but some of his original drawings also that feature, uh, you know, everything he's done from Merry Melodies to, you know, this, that, the other, including a well-rounded uh, 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 taste of uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So, it, it interesting. If anybody got got the chance to see that, which you probably won't, but, um, you know, there's books and stuff online and whatnot that you can see some of the stuff out there, and you can see what Chuck Jones looks like, what his artwork looks like, and it is definitely indicative of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So, little side note there. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. 
you were saying uh, stuff about uh, Boris Karloff. As a kid, I always thought it was Boris Karloff that did the thing, the entire thing. But, you know, as <laughs> I could became have. a little more cognizant of things, I realized that Boris Karloff is the only one who is called out in the credits on that thing. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. No one else. June Foray does Cindy Lou Who. She's not called out, and she just passed away earlier this year or last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last year, yeah. Maybe it was last year, yeah. Um, I don't know who the guy is. Uh, uh, there was actually a voice for Max, Dallas McKinnon. I don't know who he is. I didn't research that in the whole shot. But um, uh, I knew I knew the voice, and it sounded a little bit different going to Disneyland a million times. And, of course, the song You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, is done by Thurl Ravenscroft. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Who has done <laughs> everything, acting, uh, barbershop quartets, uh, uh, worked with uh, tons of people. Tony um, the Tiger. Tony the Tiger. He was the voice of Tony the Tiger because of uh, his uh, deep baritone and went off for years and years and years. And um, it's also uh, uh, one of the main uh, ghost voices at the Haunted Mansion too. He is. Oh, he does not only the narration through everything, but he is uh, the decapitated. Um, one of the five barbershop quartets uh, within uh, the Haunted Mansion uh, itself. So he does that along with Exitensio and uh, about uh, three or four other guys there. So he's all over the place, not only in the, not only in, in the Haunted Mansion, but throughout the park in um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the whole shot. So the thing is, he, Boris Karloff was the only one that was called out on that thing. And that, that kind of ticked me off. And Jim and I had a little bit of a discussion about that and trying to figure out is it just something they did? Was it forgetfulness? Was it uh, they just didn't think it was important to put that stuff in there? And I don't under I don't I'm being a little grinchy myself and saying that I think they left it out of there either because they were dopey or they ran out of time or why bother or you know it's just a singer. Stuff, I mean, he is the singer of the thing. The, the 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 song is iconic. Maybe it wasn't at the time when it was released in '66, but come on, who who doesn't uh, put credits on there uh, like that? I mean, uh, some of the goofiest people in the time. world were put, it put the credits were put up in in the Ten Commandments, and yet you can't put uh, <laughs> Thurl Ravenscroft as the bass vocalist on your mean one, Mister Grinch. I mean, but, but did he kill I, him I, I, I have a, I have a hard time believing that was. That was just a mistake. I think I think it was kind of a throwaway thing that they did, and and, and kind of go from there. Just a thought. I mean, I guess the the thinking was, oh, it's just a cartoon. Kids aren't going to read the credits. And, and that's the way I'm thinking there uh, too, Jeff. That, that 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 was the case. It's just you know, it's just a cartoon. It's going to blow over in the whole shot. But hey, it's become yeah. an i. It's it they was an icon know. decades ago. Yeah. Now before we leave, before we leave the Grinch, I have to have a pedantic moment. Okay. So, it wouldn't be a show without it. It wouldn't. Yeah, I have to. And this this is something that I had when I was a child watching this. I looked at it, and I said, I looked. I turned to my dad. I said, Dad, what the hell? You know. And it's not because <laughs> a color got missed or it's not. No, no. If you recall, uh, he's he the Grinch and Max. They've taken all the stuff from the Who's, and they they head up into the uh, up back into the mountains. And and they managed to get the 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 slave, this monstrous slave 
filled with all kinds of stuff up onto the on the top of a mountain on a precipice it's right there and it starts to you know it starts to fall down now this is you know, it, it starts to come off off the other side and it's sliding down off the other side and it's going to fall into the you know off into oblivion and the Grinch is running up there to save it and he's grabbing a hold of it and it's sliding down and that's when his heart grows you know you know, he gets in the enlarged heart, which is not good. That's not sure. physically good. But that's not the pedantic moment. The pedantic moment is <laughs> the way that sleigh keeps coming down. It had to have fallen off of the cliff. I mean, it, it, there's there's just no time. It keeps sliding and sliding down. So it's, it, I, it should have fallen off by now because it's just this tiny little bit, this tiny little lip that it's holding over. But it keeps going down and keeps going down and keeps going down until the Grinch gets strong enough to lift it up. I, when I was a kid, I just said, that should have fallen off by now. That's a, a duasic machina. I, I'm, I'm curious as to why you think you need to argue about the laws of <laughs> physics in a Chuck Jones cartoon based on a Dr. Seuss story. I don't Especially know when we all know, Jim, that, that gravity that works differently my, on Mount Trumpet. Okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. My, my pedantry yeah. goes way back. Well, <laughs> there you go. Was, you I, must have been yeah, a lovely child. It should have child. fallen off the cliff by now. It should have <laughs> fallen off by now. Hey, I had, I had a friend that in the 89 Batman movie was totally okay with everything until the Joker pulls that pistol out of his pants to make the long barrel and shoots the, the, the bat wing. And he was just like, that. I can't handle it anymore after that. I'm like, a man just fell in acid. <laughs> and survived and, and survived yeah. yes okay. it's a it's a brilliant special it's probably one of the best i i, I agree i agree great uh, great choice great choice um all right so let's move on to jeff now i guess is uh Ooh, he's, okay yeah he's our third in line so he's next what do, what do you got for us for your first pick um well um i'm gonna go with my um my favorite uh, Christmas episode of any TV show ever, which was uh, Moonlighting towards the episode before Christmas. Someone by night. love it because i mean moonlight i was in love with moonlighting when it first came on the tv oh yeah and you know just i just loved the the, the quick fire wit just the the breaking of the fourth wall it was it was such a great groundbreaking show and so totally uh, agree the, and the christmas this episode was was absolutely fantastic because uh uh just so many great lines in it and uh uh Richard Belzer shows up as a as a criminal, and you know, just uh, fantastic. The, the basic plot of the show is uh, a guy named Joseph, who had testified against some uh, his criminal buddies and got a new identity. He uh, gets murdered in his apartment. They 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 force whiskey down his throat and then throw him off his balcony. This is it. This is the best that the witness protection program could do. An apartment, a tiny apartment. Hell, my cell was bigger than this place. Hey, Leonard. I, I didn't want to testify. 
cut a stupid deal, Joseph. You thought I wouldn't find you? You thought I'd just rot in jail and never come look for you? You have to believe me. I have no choice. I do believe you. I bet you feel just awful about it. Sending your best friend and partner to jail? I bet the memory of that has been haunting you for years. I know it's helped me come to grips with the reality of your suicide. And so his wife, Mary, um, is scared for her life, and so she leaves her baby in Agnes's apartment. And then uh, Maddie and David get involved in, you know, sort of sorting it all out and, and going after the criminals. And they encounter three FBI agents, all who have the last name King, so three kings. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it just, it's just one uh, silly thing after another. And there's this one moment when David turns to Maddie and goes, I think we're in an allegory. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it says, all, all we need is a camel. And somebody says, anybody got a cigarette? And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, that's great. And finally at the end, after the resolution, you think it's just going to be like a normal credits. And then the camera pulls back and shows all the, the studio and the, the, the production staff and everything. And everyone starts singing uh, a Christmas carol. Uh, even Richard Belzer, who was uh, the villain of the piece. Uh, so yeah, I, I just it just was one of those shows that just it, it stays with you. You know, you you, uh, you know, even though I saw it, God, what was it? It would have been eighty, eighty six, maybe I think. Yeah, that sounds so, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. And I, I pro and I I had taped it on V. I wore about wore that VHS out, uh, rewatching it, and uh, yeah, fantastic. I, yeah, I loved I loved Moonlighting. Uh, I was a big big fan of that, and uh, I mean there are a lot of standout episodes, you know. That, and the, I think the the reason it worked so well, aside from the writing, was just that they had some great characters on that on that show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, not not just uh, Bruce Willis and 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 Sybil Shepherd as the leads, but mm -hmm. but you know Curtis Armstrong was in there and um, Booker. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. uh, was... gosh, now I can't remember her name. She was um... Elise Beasley. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and I I, I was totally in love with Elise Beasley, uh, Miss DePesto. Yes. And I I remembered um, I read an interview with her and um, she had come up with a little rhyme because people looked at her name and they you know, they see A L L Y C E and, and people try and say Alice. And so she had come up with this little rhyme to remind people of how to say it. And uh, it was, uh, was it, uh, uh, she might think you callous if you call her Alice. Uh, she might yell police, so please say Elise. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that, yeah. That was very good. Um, now, Brian, have you have you ever watched Moonlighting? Was that a, was that a I, show? I did. It, was, it actually just reminds me of all these shows that I've seen. And... It, it, again, I was, I was. If it was eighty-seven, I would have been seven. So, but I remember watching that wow. show. Well, I, like I, I remember the, just the, the baby. I remember all these shows. But you know, and this is probably you know, you know, I have a kid now and everything, and I was like, that was when you could actually have just TV on. Yeah. Yeah. Time, and yeah. Kids just didn't care. It's like eighteen was over. I'd watch whatever was right. on. Well, I, I was. I guess the jokes and the, the the humor and stuff would go over in my head if it needed to. To get to my parents, mm. but then I would just be like, "Hey, that's funny, you know, do this movie and die hard." So, 
Well, I don't recall ever seeing an episode of Moonlighting, but now that Jeff has mentioned that Richard Bells are in it, who I love, right? Well, I just may have to seek that one out. Uh, the other, the other episode you probably want to seek out, and which is why I was asking Brian about it, is the uh, Atomic Shakespeare episode, yes. which is oh, fantastic, and and that's right. They do an entire episode in iambic pentameter. That's hard and, to do, and yeah. and it's it's you know kind of a one of the they used to do like kind of fantasy episodes and this one is set mm. you know back back in well, shakespearean it's, it's times it's the retelling of the timing of the show yes yes yeah. and it's uh, it's that. it's fantastic it's fantastic one of the best episodes yeah. of television ever i think um but that's yeah. that's uh that's fodder for another <laughs> for another <laughs> podcast well, have to do some digging. it actually <laughs> it actually uh, has has in it uh, two of the the things that are my favorite things to say uh, when somebody tells me something not very interesting um, because uh, Bruce Willis's character Petruchio was at the market and uh, he's uh, telling people something. I feel what he was telling, but this one guy goes and he says, I must away for I'm off to floss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that has mistaken that has mistaken me, sir, for someone who careth. <laughs> uh, such a nice way to say it though yeah excellent but excellent it was a great show though it's like is that even out on like anything like dvd streaming or i'm sure you can get a dvd box set and i'm pretty sure that you can find the some of the episodes on youtube or daily motion or yeah, these clips of... i haven't i haven't looked i i feel like i've seen it on something for streaming but i don't i don't remember where i've got way too many streaming services now <laughs> yeah if we should take these streaming the services google. and put it together we'll call it cable <laughs> yeah. that's been done brian i uh, know right yeah right yeah well any <laughs> anyway anyway all right brian i think it's your turn next what do you have right. uh, what do you have for us well we'll start with the worst and um not the worst we'll start with the worst because you know it's it's a, it's a count up I guess. Um, but I am literally picking one of the first ones I remember. And the strangest thing is that I don't remember watching it, but I remember everything around it. And then I watched it and not the best episode, but it is the, dun, 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 I think this is what Doug was referring to in the opening too. Um, my first Christmas special I really remember was the He-Man and She-Ra a Christmas special. <laughs> there was How one. How can that be bad? Come on, Brian. <laughs> now, I was just pulling that out of my but I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, come on now. from the 80s when it was like hey every every cartoon is going to be a toy commercial and and we loved it and we, and we put more into it you know it's like you know transformers is about environmentalism no it's not it's to sell you optimus prime but <laughs> it worked it was huge for me i was five up to seven at the time and goodness gracious it was like conan for kids Shiro was even cool. Even you know, most most of my friends liked it, but wouldn't admit it. Um, I had a Shira actually. I didn't know what the comb was for, and I thought it was a. Sword, <laughs> so I had a friend 
it, like used it, and then I figured it out. It was a doll, and I was like, oh my goodness. And I, didn't care. And I found out. <laughs> Ruined the whole Christmas special for you, didn't it, Brian? Well, yeah, because I was like, it's a huge sword, and my friends like, no, it's a comb. I'm like, ah! I was like, I, I don't think anybody in Eternia combed their hair. I thought it just came out like Prince that, Valiant Page Boy, or like you know, was it? Faucet did you think it was like some kind of like spiked sword with with? I, yeah, I thought it was just like a throwing thing. It's some weapons, man. Yeah, I got you. Spike oh, sword. But the, but the, the He Man Shira Christmas special, not the best episode of the series at all. Really? Me don't say. Shimer. Where's the love? Where's the Where love? is the love? <laughs> but what I really remember, and again, I, I can't, you can't say that the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is your favorite Christmas special, but I remember the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade before the He Man and Shira a Christmas special because it had live action, people fighting, people dressed up like He Man and Skeletor and Orko. There was the there was the castle, Castle Grayskull. It was amazing. It was on NBC at eight in the morning. It changed my life. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> that also Excellent. led into me liking Conan and Dungeons and Dragons and now Warhammer, all that stuff. It's because they tried to sell me a toy when I was five years old, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it had long-lasting uh, ripple effects in your life, is Definitely. what you're saying. And you know, Brian, I've been trying to figure out for you. You figure you out for a while now, for years, and okay. the fact that you, the fact that you uh, revealed that 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 particular episode, it says a lot. I, 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 some things have come together for me now. Okay, some things have come to light. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn now, and I'm going to do my picks in chronological order. I'm going all the way back to 1974 for the Rankin Bass classic. A Year Without a Santa Claus. That's probably one of my favorite uh, Christmas specials of all time. Um, and the Grinch is, too, because there's no Santa. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was old enough uh, to remember when this first came on, because I was about, I was seven when this when this came out. And I had read the book that it's based on um, by that point. Um, let's see, a seven, I would have been, like, in second, first grade, second grade, something like that. But I had read the book. Second grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was super excited because I loved the book. And then um, it, I remember the first time I watched it, you know, of course, by then I was a big fan of Rudolph and all of the Rankin Bass shows. But I remember being a little disappointed because it didn't really follow the book all that close. And, you know, there was no heat miser and snow miser in the book, um, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, you know and, and and a bunch of you know all of those songs and stuff uh but you know obviously i was able to uh look past that and it became one of my favorites um and i think one of the reasons that it became a big a bigger favorite of me at least more nostalgic is that it kind of disappeared after after a few years uh you know it wasn't quite as popular as some of the other rank and bass specials and i would say for much of the 80s and into the 90s you just didn't see it um i don't remember it like yeah the other ones. and then uh and then somewhere late 90s or so it started to make a comeback um on cable um and and they started showing it uh you know on some of the the other you know cable channels and so on but uh it it, it originally was uh you know it was hard to come by there in the 80s and and into the early 90s i think um, so, 
It's one of my favorites, based on based on a book by uh, Phyllis McGinley, which came out in 1956, actually. Um, but it was a great book, too, if you can find that. Um, and, uh, of course, I mentioned the Heat Miser and Snow Miser, which are, you know, now kind of like the highlights of the, of the, uh, of the show that most people remember. And, uh, you know, great songs. Uh, the great George Irving, great character actor George Irving, played Snow Miser. And uh, just uh, that's that's uh, probably the the best part of the <laughs> the best part of the show is the, those two fighting each other. The, the only part I remember, like... right, right. But uh, also uh, notable too was uh, Shirley Booth and uh, Mickey Rooney uh, were Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Have you been told? Did you ever hear of the curious, furious, fidgety year when Santa Claus unhitched his sleigh and vowed he was taking a holiday? How do I know so much about Santa? Well, I'm Mrs. Claus. It was long ago before you were living. Not yet Christmas, but past Thanksgiving, though I can't give you the very date. Santa got up that morning late pulled on one boot and then its twin, ruffled the whiskers on his chin and sat back down on the side of the bed. Great North Star, but I'm tired, he said. Painting wagons red and bright, sharpening ice skates half the night, wrapping presents in ribbons and gauze, has worn me weary, said Santa Claus. You know, if you haven't seen it, seek it out. It's it's great fun. Um, and and in my research, I discovered a couple of things I did not know. Um, for instance, uh, there was actually a live action remake in 2006 that aired what? on on NBC. Yes, and and it starred John Goodman as Santa, Michael McKean as Snow Miser, and Hi- Harvey Firestein as Heat Miser, which sounds like wow. a great cast. Uh, but you know, I, I, who knows? I've never seen it. I didn't know that it existed. Um, which is weird. Cause you know, my daughter was probably about three when that came out. So I, you know, you'd think that I would be looking for holiday specials, but I was probably working way too much <laughs> to notice. And, um, also apparently there was an animated sequel, uh, in 2008 called Christmas with the Miser Brothers. Um, which I've never heard of or seen, but apparently Mickey Rooney and George Irving, who were well into their 80s at that point and still alive, um, reprised their roles as Santa and Heat Miser for, for that special. Yeah. Christmas with the Miser Brothers. I'm going to have to look look for that one if I can find it. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, great, great special. Um, fond memories of that for me. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think, one of the best. And that, that was one of the uh, stop motion uh, animation by yes, Rick and yes, right? yes it was yeah okay yeah they flirted with 2d animation there for a couple of like frosty they did as a regular cell animation um mm-hmm. and they had a, a few they had a few they had a few like mm-hmm. that but uh but yeah this this was a stop motion one so Very good all right that i think brings us back to um michael we're back to Michael. me. Wait, I thought we were only doing one. Oh, we're doing three. Never mind. I got one. Oh, I got one. <laughs> well, we can skip uh, yeah, over. Me. Hey, if there's iconic holiday specials out there, what what kind of goes hand in hand with uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas? How about a Charlie Brown Christmas? Oh, how, absolutely. How about that? That one. Yeah, so good. 
that that's that's fun, the ultimate classic. Well, fun stuff with this then. Um, there's so many tidbits on this. You could do an entire podcast just on on, on the show itself. But let's just pick out a couple of them. Um, the, one of the biggest ones, outside of the fact that it was uh, Peanuts and, and, and Schultz characters who, who made this thing, uh, what it is, but this was the uh, kind of the granddaddy of the, of the animated specials, and it led to uh, just about everything that came after it. Um, the, um, how, the Grinch, obviously, it came out a year after it. Frosty the Snowman, the Rankin-Bass stuff, the, the whole shot. This this really set the stage for it. But before it set the stage for it, the cool thing is, when when I was doing some of my research, I knew a few of these things, but I got a, a bunch of other tidbits, too, is this thing was written in just a couple of weeks. It was produced in just six months. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, Melendez production Bill Melendez was the director of this thing he was the one that actually put this together and promised uh, the networks that he could put this animated half hour show together in six months which was kind of unheard of and he was sweating it trying to get the thing out then once it was all done everything was cast all the cells were done the whole shot the networks who pooed the thing? They hated it. They thought this is going to kill everything about Christmas. <laughs> Luckily, everything screenings and whatnot, and a bunch of uh, industry standard guys came in to review it, and they all loved it. And it's what it is today. Yeah. Um, so that's that's some interesting information about that out there. Not only that, no one had ever put done anything with 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 jazz with with oh, a no the music is no the music is um, amazing children for voices of the characters and there's a lot of controversy there too because while they were doing some of the some of the voiceover uh, uh, work with children there were times where uh, they ran over where Melinda ran, ran over the kids over so much Whoa. that <laughs> parents wouldn't let the kids come back to to keep recording they had to get new kids every time oh wow that was wow. that was kind of a kick add to that the fact that not only did they do it in six months, 13,000 13, plus drawings were done for this thing. Wow. And still the animation's pretty pretty simple. Can you imagine doing 13,000 drawings in six months? Jeez. Not not to mention editing, all that stuff in order Small to put team. this thing out. Small team, yeah. too. Not, a, not mm -hmm. like some of these modern, you know, animation studios where they've got literally hundreds of people working on it. It's... Uh, you know, small team, probably like uh, 10 people <laughs> doing all that work. 
Yeah. And uh, small, but speaking of small teams, small budget, only $76,000. And they ended up going $20,000 over budget with this thing. Oh, my. But um, here, here's here's a couple of fun things real quickly about it. First of all, the uh, the voice of Snoopy, and yes, there was a voice for Snoopy, was actually done by the director, Bill, Bill Melendez. Yeah. Um, Excellent. Uh, <laughs> the... Um, Obviously, Vince Giraldi and, and his trio, which he didn't keep very good notes either. He wasn't sure what takes they actually were going to use when they when they finally edited the thing together. I guess he was kind of a jerk about this, but he was willing to go ahead and do all the music for it. And, hey, some of the most iconic uh, pieces of music out there that you hear all the time when the holidays come around, right? Mm-hmm. Come yeah. from... Absolutely. Come from uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, I listen. Um, I listen to the, the the Vince Garaldi trio soundtrack of this every yeah. Christmas time. I, I listen to that. It's a it's a brilliant. Uh, I, think yeah, I just listened to it the other day. Christmas yep. special. It's fantastic. Um, the interesting controversy, and I'm sure you guys, you may or may not have heard about. It. I don't know how you couldn't. Is that those uh, monkey boys over at Apple TV acquired the exclusive rights to all the Peanuts related material? Oh, jeez. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It was coming, but a happy ending. They've allowed (laughs) three day windows for for several of the Charlie Brown shows to be put on public TV. So all is right with the world, and Apple is not the be all end all of of, the. The death knell to to our <laughs> holiday special. Where was uh, where was this outcry? Where was this mm-hmm. outcry when all kinds of other Christmas specials went to cable and people had to have cable to watch mm-hmm. these shows? Now because all of a sudden Apple is the bad person because they bought well, the yeah, rights. Yeah, because anybody because else could have bought the, the two, rights. This is one of the two iconic holiday specials, Douglas. So yeah. what? Well, t- well, television has the nature Whoever of television. Whoever has the rights changed. has the rights. I, I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand. But the thing, but the thing that that we, I think we all have is that um, because the way television was when we were kids, you, you didn't have cable. You had three networks. You had, you know, so we liked what it. what we what we had <laughs> was for 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 us. It was like every Christmas special that we watched brought us that much closer to Christmas. Yeah, you know, it's like, and the and the big hitters were the ones that were the closest to Christmas, and you so like you just you just marked your calendar by okay, they you know here's uh, how their Grinch is coming up, and and Charlie Brown Christmas is coming up, and we're getting you know it was it was a way of marking the calendar as we got closer to Christmas. So at least that's how I looked at it when I was a kid. And, but, and I agree, and I agree with you, and 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 more exacting to your question, Douglas, and I'm being serious here for a change. Hey, it's the first time. Red letter day. Mark the calendar. Um, I'm writing it down right now. There you go. Uh, what I think is because we grew up with this thing as a kid, it was always free. It was always on the three or four networks, three networks, basically for all of us. Right. So, so I mean, if you do a, if, if there's a show that's come out in the last 10 years that is iconic, well, it's on Amazon, it's on this, or, you know, you don't think about it being on just free TV. So who gives a rat's ass about the rights? But when it's free and has been free all our childhood through our teen years growing up with our kids and the whole shot, like Jim says, and all of a sudden it gets yanked, the rug gets yanked up from under us and we have to have Apple TV in order to watch it now? Well, there's where the controversy is. Well, to be fair too, though, when HBO took 
Sesame Street. There was a little, there was some outcry too. Yeah, there uh-huh. was huge outcry for that. Exactly. Well, and these kids, these kids today, <laughs> yeah. they don't get to feel the the anticipation of something because now they can just pull it up anytime they want. Instantly. So I think. Okay. So, so honestly, I think that's where the controversy was, and that's where. Apple kind of, uh, you know, took too big of a bite out of uh, their own, well, Apple. How about that? Uh, you know, did that thing, so. Well, I, 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 I yeah. don't entirely agree with you there, but uh, it should be noted, as you did, that uh, they did decide to make it free, available for free. Not only free on PBS, but it is also free streaming on Apple TV+. So... Uh, even if you don't have an Apple TV Plus account, you can still stream it there for free without having to subscribe. I don't know uh, how well. that works, but um, you just go to Apple TV. Well, you could be like Magic and have it's, it on DVD. It's not hard. There you go. I can play it anytime I want. I've got the there you thing. go. Anyway, that's why we love physical media. Special number two. I do too. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. There you go. All right. Excellent. Can, can, can I, I say something too, though, about, about like the, the physical media in streaming versus, you know, things when they came on TV, like you guys were saying, were events. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you miss it, you missed it. Mm. You know? Yeah. But it, kids today, and I have a seven year old, and, you know, watch it whenever. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. Sunrise, sunset. Takes away some of the special <laughs> of it. It does. It does. I agree. I, I I can't disagree with that. Can't disagree Last with that. I never know the joy of sitting up late to see what Geraldo found in Al Capone's vault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm glad I skipped that one. <laughs> no, yeah. Brian I and I that. were I riveted to that. our televisions. <laughs> Which I was literally. What we found. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for thank you for that, Michael. That was that is an excellent choice. Uh, Jim, I think you're up next. What what else um, do you have for us? All right. Now, before I get to this, I, I want to side take us on a sidetrack to as long as we're in uh, a, a peanut special. It's the Halloween one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, it's just like you know, I'm an artist, and I like the the art choices that they make in some of these things. Uh, but I will tell you this: that they the, how these specials can get into you when you're a kid and just stay with you forever. Um, uh, it, it at that time of year when it's, you know, the leaves are changing and the air is getting a little cooler and crisper and it gets darker a little earlier. And I still, to this day, when I'm walking along, if there's leaves underfoot and it's just that dusk twilight time, uh, I can, in my head, I, I, I hear uh, the background sounds of when Snoopy was uh, pretending he was shot down behind enemy lines. He was a World War <laughs> World War One flying ace, yes. and mm-hmm. he's trying to get back to friendly territory. And you can, as he's making his way, you can hear the sounds in the background. I can, to this day, I can hear the sounds of train whistles and ammunition shells uh, exploding way off in the distance. It's that is how how into your brain these shows could get because it's still there. For me, you're I here. still have it. Absolutely, you're here. So anyway, what do you have yeah. nowadays? You have the dulcet tones of Ariana Grande. No, God that's not kids. All right, today. All right, all right, Jim. Let's get the back, next, back on track. My next mention is uh, is uh, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Ooh, oh yes, it's a Rankin Bass that uh, originally aired in 1970, and it has uh, the voice talents of uh, Mickey Rooney, uh, who 
reprised his role as Santa and other things. Uh, there's Fred Astaire who plays the mailman who's answering all these kids' questions about Santa. And there's Keenan Wynn who played uh, the Winter Warlock, mm, who well, was way cool when he was evil. <laughs> and then he loses, he, his heart gets melted because Santa gave him a present and, you know, oh. and he lost his powers and all that. But he was way cool. He becomes and it was kind of scary. Yeah. And, and I just looked him up. He's like a, it's like a Rankin and Bass Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And so, um, uh, although Rankin it, and Bass did have their own Gandalf later, uh, that is true. <laughs> did they? Yeah, they did. Yes, uh, they, they did. did they, they did a bunch of Hobbit. They did the Hobbit, uh, Return of the King. Um, okay. Yeah. Just those two. Just those two. And then, and then back, she got to do you know. And this was this was uh, let's see, there was a town called Somber Town. That was ruled by the Burgermeister Meisterberger, who outlawed toys because he fell on a toy and he got mad at him. So all the toys were outlawed. I have a job for you to do. Now take this down. It's a difficult responsibility that you accept from the number one lawmaker, me. Have it known throughout the land from sea to sea. to the king all the tin soldiers melt them down wash the face of every clown each bouncing ball deflated no i don't want to debate it the ballerinas who pirouette rest their musical toes outlaw the dolls and sink the boats they bring me only woes it's a difficult responsibility and it was, you know, all this story about how this orphan child that was found and the, the Kringle family took him in and taught him how to make toys and you know, all this kind of stuff. And he starts delivering toys. Uh, what I liked about it is the art choices in here as well. Somber Town is all gray, uh, dark, you know, muted blues, just not, you know, just great. Even the people in the town, the kids and everybody, everybody's gray. There's a day, they, their clothes are gray. Their hair is gray. They just, they, they're pale in their faces. And they just, you know, the only, the only towns person that has any kind of color to her is uh, Miss Jessica, who's the teacher. She has strawberry blonde hair, but it's even that's kind of pale. And, but she wears all gray, but uh, let me say, va, va, boom. <laughs> she has curves <laughs> in all the right places. Jim, Jim, oh, you never God. cease to amaze me with your infatuation for uh, animated figures hey, of the I, female I, form. It, it, why do you think I went into? Hey, when an entire townspeople hasn't heard of vitamin D and getting out in the sun a little bit, <laughs> hey, va va boom, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, what's what you if you now I just watched it last night and I hadn't noticed this all this kind of grayness to the town when I was a kid didn't really kind of notice, but I noticed it here and it and. As Jessica becomes more of an ally to Kris Kringle, she becomes more colorful. Her dress goes to a nice, you know, uh, a warm blue with a yellow ribbon, and her hair gets a little more red, and it's her skin gets a little more richer in its color. It's just these subtle little things that, hey, that's kind of cool, cool little art stuff. Um, and favorite moment of the show is when they do the song, put one foot in front of the other. Uh, it's still a great song. Yes. Uh, but it's I you know it it does kind of peter out as uh, uh, as the reindeer get to fly because they ate some magic corn that Winter Warlock had uh, after after they get rescued from the prison somehow just 
flying reindeer gets him out of prison. Then they go to the North Pole because they have to leave because the Burgermeister's guard set fire to the to the Kringle's house. I mean, that's pretty dark, man. So they go <laughs> to the North Pole, build a castle. But it just, you know, uh, Chris and, and Jessica get married, and it just kind of it just kind of peters out toward the end. But it's still it's it's uh I think it's a nice little. Uh, it tells you how Santa became Santa. All right, Jeff, you're up next. What do you got? What do you got for us? Right. Well, I'm going to talk about um, Doctor Who. Ah, yeah, yes. Ah. And uh, my because Doctor Who. Well, before I even start, can I just Christmas TV viewing in this country was a lot different, or was a lot different than it was in the states. And I didn't really find that out until I went and lived in the states, and that's when I became familiar with the Rankin-Bass specials and all that sort of stuff. I didn't see those until I was an adult. Um, but what Christmas consisted of on TV over here was things like, you know, you'd have movies like The Great Escape and Sound of Music and a lot of variety shows, things like that. So, uh, and, and the only other thing really to look forward to was things like Doctor Who. Uh, and my, and in the, the new Doctor Who that's since uh, started since 2005. There's a tradition of there being uh, the, the the season is shown sort of like in the uh, winter and spring, and then uh, you wait till Christmas for your Christmas episode, which is usually like a feature length one or two episodes in this case, and then the new season starts in January. Um, recently, it's changed to being. Uh, the first episode of the new season being shown on New Year's Day. Uh, but this one was, it's a two-parter called The End of Time, and it was it was brilliant because not only is it set at Christmas, but it's got a lot of um, previous characters cropping up in it, in it. and it's mm-hmm. the one where uh, David Tennant's Doctor, the, the Tenth Doctor, okay. um, one of my favorites, uh, Defeats the master, John Sim. He he comes back and he's, he's resurrected by uh, a cult that's sprung up around uh, his uh, sort of myth, and they resurrect him. Uh, and he uh, he goes to war with the doctor. And the doctor's been uh, sort of running from this this prophecy that 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 his his time is running out or something like that. And he just doesn't know. He tries tries to put it at the back of his mind. The, uh, the two-parter is great because um, at the end of the second one, that's his regeneration into Matt Smith, uh, and mm. and good. one of the one of the one of the first uh, things that, hit, that I love what uh, Matt Smith's uh, Doctor when he sort of wakes up and he realizes he's got a new body and everything, and uh, he looks in the mirror and he's like, still not ginger. Why can't I ever be ginger? <laughs> that refers to a previous episode where. Um, where he's like, I've always wanted. So he said, I've always wanted to be ginger or something like that. And so it's sort of, still not ginger, um, but yeah, it's 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 great, and it's it's got previous um, companions in it, like Rose uh, and um, and Donna, and uh, he's joined uh, he joins forces with Donna's grandfather, played by Bernard Cribbins, Wilfred, uh, and. That's he's one of the best characters. Well, I mean, Bernard Cribbins is just a living legend. Uh, uh, recurrences of, of uh, great characters, and of course, uh, Timothy Dalton as uh, 
as the head of the uh, uh, Time Lord Council. They brought back the old helmets on that episode. Like from, I swear Tom Baker wore one of those in an episode. I think he did. Yes, I think mm. I think you're right. There was some sort of ceremony he had to be involved in for some reason. Yeah, and he had to wear something like that. Tom Baker was my favorite Doctor. He was. Yeah. He was. Well, he was my first. You know, and I think he was a lot of people's Americans first. Yeah, yeah. Doctor, and maybe that falls into part of why he's the favorite because he's mm. first. Right. But so he was the longest running one. Yeah, yeah and I and I I liked Christopher Eccleston. I thought he did a great job as the doctor. Yes. Yeah. I thought he was great. Yeah. And um I do believe he's even though he, he had a kind of a falling out with with uh, with the production company, he's actually doing some audio books for Big Finish. Nice. Um for Doctor Who. Uh oh, so nice. he's coming back to it. Yeah. Nice. Even if it's just just the voice. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right. Yes. I think that takes us into brian territory this was one that probably you, you know it's it's kind of a, became a classic and that's the seinfeld episode the strike and that is the one season nine episode 10 seinfeld is just like the simpsons it's like it starts one place and goes a billion different directions but yeah. uh, most people will know this one as the one where george's father explains festivus Many christmases ago i went to buy a doll for my son <laughs> i reached for the last one they had but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. Well, that must have been some kind of doll. She was. And at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. Frank, this new holiday of yours is scratching me right where I itch. Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back! I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. Because I was thinking, I'm not the biggest Christmas special fan. I'm not the biggest Christmas episode fan, because one of my favorite shows started off with a horrible episode, and that was The Simpsons. And I don't like their Christmas special. Really? Every time it comes on in syndication, I'm like, no. Huh. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just I just showed that to my daughter um, last week for the first time. She'd never seen it. She claimed she'd never seen a, a, an episode of The Simpsons, which I, I feel like a, a failure as a father. Um, you should. Uh, but <laughs> because I showed her the, Hollow, the, the, the Christmas special, she decided that she wanted to... Uh, to start watching the simpsons because i i we followed it up by i showed her um the uh, first two episodes of season one and she got hooked okay. and she's already told me that she's already on to season two right now um so she's <laughs> she started streaming and binging uh, the simpsons and she loves it so maybe i didn't fail as a father it was I just a delayed reaction switched to homer the focus on homer i liked it more yeah it was a and little it was a little different yeah, I have no taste. Remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Man, I love that episode of the of Seinfeld just because it's it's so random and out there. And Jerry Stiller is an amazing actor on that. He doesn't get enough credit on that show. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. He's great. You know, he's great. Yeah. To this day, it's like you know the airing of grievances. says he's like because I have a lot of problems with all of you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's awesome. He's awesome. You know, it's funny. I remember him when I was a kid. 
like he and his wife and Mira would do um, commercials for uh God, now, was it Gallo wine? What was the name of the wine that they used? Yeah, I remember the commercials. I don't know what it was for, though. Uh, or was it Martini it was and Rossi? Maybe it was Martini and Rossi. I don't know. They they did wine commercials on the radio. I used to remember hearing them, and they would, <laughs> it, was, it was great. Stiller and Mira. Excuse me, miss, but you seem to be having trouble picking out a wine. Maybe I can help you. Oh, I'm sorry, but I never talk to strangers. Oh! How did you know? What do you mean, how did I know? You're a stranger. Right, Elliot Stranger. Is that really your name? No, it's really Elliot Sverdlick, but I do meet a lot of pretty girls this way. I like you, Elliot. You're weird, but I like you. Maybe you can help. See, I'm having some friends over for smorgasbord, some shrimps, a little cheese, some meatballs. What kind of wine can you serve with all those things? May I suggest you have a little blue nun at your smorgasbord? Oh, I don't think she'd have a very good time. Besides, it's going to be all couples. Oh, no. Blue Nun wine. It's a delicious white wine that's correct with any dish. Meat, fish, cheese, meatballs. Oh, Blue Nun. Elliot, you made me a convert. (laughs) I suppose you're going to drink it religiously. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to become a real habit. Well, that's a that's a great episode, Brian. Um, I'm oh, glad you brought. You. I'm glad, glad you brought that up. I, you know, Seinfeld. I I enjoyed Seinfeld, but I was not like this super huge mega fan. Like, I I went probably, uh, you know, I'd I'd maybe watch an episode or two here or there, but I really didn't catch up with it until it was in syndication. Um, you know, one thing I like about it is is one of those things, uh, and it's it, there needs to be more shows like this. And again, we might be the last. We might be the last, you know, that, that care about TV. But if it's on, I can put it on while I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to actively seek it out. If right. it's on, I'll be like, watch that. Right, right, exactly. Exactly, It's and it's good yeah. like that. Yeah. So, okay, well, that brings me to my next holiday special. Um, and I promised chronological order, so we're moving from 1974 to 1979 for... John Denver and the Muppets Christmas Special. together absolutely special absolutely one of my favorites absolutely one of my favorites most people do and and here's the funny thing about john denver and the muppets is that it has never ever been released on any kind of physical media not video not dvd nothing um it's been shown on television that's it um the soundtrack has been out since uh you know i think the year that the special came out but yeah. the special itself has not ever been uh, released for for sale uh, anywhere or streaming. So yeah. it's kind of hard to come by. They don't show it very much anymore these days. It's uh, which is a shame. It is on YouTube, but it's uh, you know somebody uploaded it from uh, an obviously uh, a well used, well loved uh, VHS copy. So the, uh, mm-hmm. the sound and the video quality are not the greatest, unfortunately, but it's still, it's yeah. still a fun watch. Um, you know, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, I think this came out 
uh, what did I say? December fifth, nineteen seventy-nine. So I was. Hey, my birthday. I was twelve. There you go. Uh, I was a month old. <laughs> there we go. Child. I was fourteen. There we go. So child. So. Uh, <laughs> So I I was oh, totally sorry. into the Muppets. The Muppet Show was on TV at that point um, in syndication, and uh, one of my favorite shows. And I was really into the Muppets. And and John Vent, I was, you know, admittedly at that age, also uh, late seventies. I was a big Top Forty music fan. I listened to Casey Kasem uh, every week religiously, and uh, you dedication. Know, so I was uh, I was a John Denver fan at that point. I I listened mm-hmm. to. I, we had the John Denver album. Uh, I don't know which one it was, but we had one of his albums at, at, uh, at you know, in my house. We didn't have a lot of record albums, but that was one of the few. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I like John Denver. Was at it, that, the, at was that it the one with uh, Aspen Glow on it? That's my favorite track. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think Aspen. it, no, it had Rocky Mountain High. and uh, uh, There you high. go. Take Me Home, Country Road, all of that. Get all the hits. All of that fun stuff. Now all the hits. Like the hits. Did the yeah. special feature his uh, classic uh, Christmas hit, uh, Please, Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas? I believe that was saved for the uh, the sequel. <laughs> for the next, yeah. for Fo- the next special. Fozzie on Skid Row. Um, <laughs> Please, Fozzie, don't get drunk this Christmas. <laughs> Please, Fozzie. I don't want to see Kermit cry. <laughs> that, that was it. But it was... It, it, just like the um, the Muppet Show TV show, it, it, it was very meta, you know. It was mm-hmm. which was way before its time. the 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 actual special itself is a uh, you know behind the scenes of them making the special. So I mean, it show it starts off with them like doing a script reading. Uh, right. Folks, listen to the frog. Uh, thank you. Take it, frog. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Listen now. Uh, now that we've wished everybody a merry Christmas, let's start going over the script for the show here, shall All we? Right. Yeah, okay. Oh, right. boy, oh boy, showbiz! The first time you open the script to see the magic, the excitement, the adventure. And how many lines you got? You know, it's just fun the way they mm-hmm. the way they do. I always loved the way the Muppet Show was kind of part show, part behind the scenes. You know, uh, it, it just had a great dynamic, great writing. Um, it's so and, hard to do the Muppets right now. And great music. I, 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 yeah. Well, it's tough because a lot of the original puppeteers are, are no longer with us. I mean, obviously, Muppeteers. Jim Henson oh, yeah. has been gone for quite a long time now. And, mm-hmm. you know, Frank Oz is pretty much retired. Uh, you know, he's what, like 89? I mean, he's up there. Um, you know, and a lot of these other people, you know, are, are, are you know, they've they've got new, you know, puppeteers who, who do a, a, a good job. But it's you're right. There's mm-hmm. something that's just missing a little bit from from the new era of Muppets. Um, yeah. At least for at least for an old timer like me. Uh, so. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that one. But uh, but and, yeah. and I want there to be Muppets though. <laughs> I want it so bad. There still are in our hearts, Brian. Okay, as long as they're yeah. there, we're good. <laughs> so that's my that's my second pick for uh you know, great holiday specials. Uh and it's you know, it's hard to find. Um uh, but uh, if you can if you can stand to see a duped copy on YouTube, uh that might be your best bet at, the, at this point. I'm not sure if it's available mm. anywhere else. All right, that swings us back around to Michael for his third and final pick. What what do you got for us for your third and final pick there, Michael? 
my third and final favorite yes. holiday special I have never seen. All well, right. Well, this how how can the Michael you might say how can well, that possibly be? Well, here we go. You're the rule bender. Douglas <laughs> said this special, and I think the title of this is the 2020 Dumpster Fire Holiday Podcast. Is that what it was, Douglas? Uh, I'm not sure. What? Anyway. <laughs> I, he, we had to come up with three of these things. I and, have no idea what you're I, talking I about. I came up with, with ten just off the top of my head. But all of a sudden, Douglas had to put in the caveat that, well, they can't be mo can't be holiday movies. Can't be this. They have to be holiday specials. Well, well, I, outside outside of, of The Grinch and, and Charlie Brown Christmas, I don't have any holiday favorites. This isn't about holiday. Holiday movies are a separate genre. This was, I know, but I was are disappointed, but I, but I wanted but. to stick with the theme that you have laid down in lieu of, you know, thumbscrews. Well, so that I is that's one reason why I opened it up to the special episodes of ongoing series. But, but Douglas, I don't have any series special episodes. Well, that's either. not my problem. I that's <laughs> why I came up with this brand new holiday special that I guarantee is going to be on everyone's favorite list come the end of the year. So wait a minute. Did you just make <sighs> something up? Did, no, yes. not at all. This is a real thing. This December is a real thing. 30th, okay. And, and I'm not even going to wing it here. I'm just going to read it. And you'll see, you will be glued. Ready? Okay, so this is a new special that has yet to air, but it is coming has up yet to in air. a few it's weeks. It's going to air December 30th on Amazon. Okay. Here it goes. All right. Amazon is rounding out an all-star lineup for Yearly Departed. It's upcoming comedy special that will bid farewell to 2020, the year that just won't end fast enough. Ugh. Uh, oh, hold on. Don't huff no, yet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this the one with Colin Quinn? No. Okay. Oh. All right. Thank Her God. Her Amazon yearly departed as a series of eulogies for the year 2020, where a lineup of all women comedians will deliver everything from casual sex to beige band-aids and everything in between that we've lost in the despicable year 2020. So right away, you may be asking yourself, well, who are these female comedians? I have the answer. Well, okay. Tiffany Haddish. I was, I was wondering Trip. what this casual sex was. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Tiffany what is Haddish from Girls Trip. Okay. Huh? Right. Uh-huh. Okay. That's Sarah, Sil I don't even know who that is. Sarah Silverman. <laughs> All right. She's good. She's there you are. I like her. Natasha Rothwell from Insecure. Don't know who Nothing. that is. Yeah, me neither. No clue. Zeewee from the Book of Zeewee? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Now you're getting Sarah Silverman. from Another Period? Okay, I, I've heard of her. She's good. And okay. neither have I. Patty Harrison from Shrill. These are the top-tier comedians that are set for the special that will premiere December 30th exclusively on Prime Video in more than 240 countries and territories mm -hmm. worldwide. We just Sounds call them comedians now. Wow. Tell me, based on that information, that this cannot possibly fail as a holiday classic. Oh, it's going to fail. Like, <laughs> Tell me about it. I, I, yeah. Going to go over like a Led Zeppelin. I don't know. I it, it could be good. It could, it, could, it could not be good. I don't know. 
Well, it's hard to tell, but and, uh, and, and you're excited sounds. about it. Perhaps you didn't hear. Casual sex, beige band-aids, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. That covers a lot of territory. Uh, I mean, after a year of societal upheaval, plague, murder, hornets, and banana bread, how can you go wrong? Come on. Hey, speaking of murder hornets, let me plug my album, Here Come the Murder Hornets, by Flaming Schwarzkopf Experience. So, all I'm saying is, yearly departed December 30th, I know you're going to be tuning into Amazon Prime. Okay. No, uh, I, I yeah, not. that's uh, uh-uh. no. that's probably not going to happen. But okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's let's keep this clown show moving here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Jim. Do you do you have a special that uh, has actually aired? Uh, yes, I do. To bring us home. Here? Come on. Jeez. Oh, I tell you, Michael. <laughs> he's always got to break the rules. Always. Hey, he's got to. He's got to. It's a All holiday right. special. Steals my How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Makes me share it with him. Here we go. Play Michael. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to talk about a, a holiday special that will come right. out in 55 years from now. Uh, no. <laughs> no. All right. I now just this wrote is... one on the back of my hand. <laughs> I just wrote the outline for it, and it's, we're ready to go. Uh, <clears throat> um, this is it, it, the last time that we gathered for a, a podcast. We were doing the, you know, what is your, our comfort viewing for the pandemic? And I mentioned this series. Uh, it's called The Good Life, which is a British series that came out in the 1970s. Yes. And it has a Christmas special that aired in 1977. I guess it aired on Boxing Day, uh, yeah. which would be uh, uh, December 26th. And uh, the the brief overview of the show is that it's a uh, it's a fellow named Tom Good and his wife decide to drop out of society and create a little farm on their property in a suburban neighborhood, um, upper middle class type neighborhood, and they have neighbors that are their best friends who are the kind of sort of the opposite end. They are into creature comforts and money and all that kind of stuff. And it's a you know it's a series that follows how this works for this couple to to live this sort of self-sufficient lifestyle where they don't have to answer to anybody mostly. And, uh, so the, and I guess the series was wildly popular when it was on. And then, uh, after it had completed, it ran for like four seasons, which were just seven episodes each. The British do things different over there. Um, they, it, it was, it had wrapped up and then they, cause it was so popular, decided let's do a Christmas special. And so they brought the actors back and they, they, they did this, the show. And it was essentially about how a self-sufficient Christmas can be just as uh, wonderful as one that comes in a van, which is what, uh, uh, Margot Ledbetter, that's one of the rich neighbors, you know, she wanted her Christmas in a van. She got a Christmas tree that was supposed to be, I think nine feet tall and it was about a foot short. And so she sent everything back so they had no christmas but uh, and just begged out of everything with all the parties they were going to go to and then they end up having christmas with the goods next door and it was a you know wonderful silly episode in fact it's titled silly but it's fun did you get cold out yes good Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're good though newspaper paper chains i bet we're the only people in the avenue with readable decorations yes apart from the pigs and the goat and the chickens oh you saw them well i ask you honestly Paper chains in a pigsty. <laughs> Is their Christmas as much as ours? Yeah, except for the chicken we're having to dinner tomorrow. Misery. Not at all. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, that's what I say. We can't afford holly. 
<laughs> I knew. <laughs> and uh, just um, uh, there was a character actor who plays the tradesman delivering Christmas uh, or the tree that wasn't big enough. His name is uh, David uh, Batley, and we probably recognize him more from his his uh, part as uh, Charlie Bucket's teacher in the uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. So yeah. it's a fun little episode. It's it's sweet and it's nice to see the the you know the characters all back together. Yeah, I love the Good Life. That was great. Great show. It's one of my favorites. And Tom is is Richard Briers, and he's what always been one of my favorite uh, actors. He's just he did so many other things as well. Um, there were a couple of um, cartoons that he did the voices for. Um, Rhubarb and Custard was was uh, the main one I remember, and uh, it's a uh, yeah, uh, sort I, of a very, very sort of shabby-looking animation of this uh, this green dog called Rhubarb, uh, who's got uh, 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 his enemy Custard the cat, who's purple, lives next door, and uh, yeah, it's just hysterical. He did, did all the voices. Well, I told you guys that little bit of trivia about the uh, the uh, Three Musketeers and the Four Musketeers from mm. 1973 and 1974. Are great movies. Um, where they are really good. I loved them when I was a kid. Um, it has uh, uh, Pierre, what's it? No, Jean Pierre Cassel plays the French king, King Louis, whichever number. And, um, you know, he has a very, you know, very British accent, <laughs> but a very effete kind of an accent. And uh, his voice his, was completely dubbed by a different actor, and it was Richard Briers, who plays Tom Good on The Good Life. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know that's uh, a neat little little bit there. Yeah, excellent, good stuff. All that's right, fun. all right, Jeff, what do you got for us for your last pick? My last pick uh, is again it's it's two episodes of Mr. Bean, uh, and I regard them as kind of like a complete story because one's set on Christmas, one's New Year's, and um, they're connected in. in other ways as well, because both episodes um, have now, uh, when you, if you watch them now, they both have a deleted scene, uh, which you can only find on YouTube. And I, I just sort of, I, I don't know the reasons they, they cut the scenes, but I, I've sort of, I'll talk you through it. Uh, first one's Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean, and um, you've probably all seen it. Uh, and there's, um, it, it involves me and Mr. Bean's preparations for Christmas and very you know, gets in trouble in the, in the department store for for messing with the nativity scene in the uh, in the front of the shop window and um, then he um, he's there's a, another wonderful set piece where he's in his uh, in his bed sit and he's uh, you see him putting Christmas cards in envelopes and, and he goes out the, the front door and you think to yourself well he's off to post some Christmas cards but he Posts them back through his own letterbox, then walks in and goes, "Oh!" <laughs> sees them on the floor. Oh! Opens them up, puts them on the uh, the string of cards hanging up on the uh, ceiling, and they're all exactly the same. It's just a bunch of identical cards that he's posted to himself, which is uh, funny. But um, the deleted scene in that one is where he's he's out at this Christmas market, and there's all sorts of things going on. Uh, there's a, a the Salvation Army band playing. He he gets involved in conducting them, and doing they do a jazz version of um, "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen" and stuff like this. But the scene that is not shown anymore, but I, I was originally shown and I, and I saw it um, 
when I first saw it, uh, when it was first aired, I think it was 1994. Um, there's a scene where. There's, there's a butcher, he's got a store set up and he's like he's doing a, like a guess the weight of the turkey you, know, you guess the weight correctly, you win the turkey and so all these people are, are paying paying money to guess the weight and they, they write down what they think is the uh, the answer and the guy's just shaking his head and it moves on Mr Bean he's, he's, you see him have a little idea he has this look on his face uh, he, and, he's, and he goes up and he, he lifts the turkey up and sort of you know, sort of Balancing it in his hands and then puts it down, looks down at his feet, gets his calculator out, and then puts the exact date down to the rate, uh, the weight down to the gram on the board. And uh, he'd been standing on a, on a set of bathroom scales <laughs> to figure out the weight of the him plus the turkey. And uh, that's not shown anymore. And I'm guessing that they decided to cut that because it's it could sort of encourage. Uh, somebody to uh, commit fraud, or <laughs> I don't know why, why people <laughs> people would do that. But uh, so that's a great episode. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and of course, you know, I, I mean, I love Mr. Bean. Uh, this I've found people are very divided about it. My mother doesn't like Mr. Bean. I, she doesn't like anything like that. I think it's kind of it's a bit too slapsticky, it's too clownish for her. And some people just don't like that sort of stuff. And you know, there's other people who've said to me, "Oh, don't, don't like it. It's just it's silly." But it's it's, it's there's absolutely brilliant comic timing is involved in all of that, and exactly. um, yeah, and I, I love it. So there we are. Well, thank you for bringing a little Mr. Bean holiday magic to our show here today. All right, uh, Brian, let's move on. You've got uh, all right. Here's my let, number one. Let's hear your let's hear your final pick. What do you got? All right, I'm going to. Uh... It, it, it's it's infamous, and I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying I am not a bootleg person. You, you know, anybody that follows me on social media knows I'm all about physical media, uh, pay the artists, uh, make sure they get paid for it. I have one bootleg that I own, and that one bootleg is the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> Star Wars Holiday Special, starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, with Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, R2-D2 as R2-D2. And James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy. His son, Lumpy. With special guest stars, Beatrice Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, The Jefferson Starship, Harvey Corman, and an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, 
And yes. It's because it cannot be found anywhere else. Now, it's all over the place thanks to the internet now. When I started on the convention circuit, I've always heard about it. My brother had seen it. My brother's five years older than me, mm. and he loves Star Wars. You know, my love of Spider-Man Star Wars came from him, and I had no choice. But he saw it, and he didn't remember much about it. Most people, because it, it, it's it's uh, it's shameful for a lot of people. Yes, it is. In fact, um, the, the <laughs> Star Wars writer Kevin J. Anderson asked George Lucas about it, and he said he would try to burn every copy he could find it. And but you can't do it now; it's all over the place. It's viral, as the kids say. But <laughs> it is notoriously bad. And it's like I said in the in the the chat back and forth before we did this. It's interesting, you know, a, a world that was thirsty for anything Star Wars. I mean, this is a time when. For the Christmas that year, they didn't have enough toys, so they you could you could they sold children a cardboard box that had a certificate to get toys. When <laughs> that's they were right, done. that's right. And, Man, and so everybody wanted Star Wars. You had Star Wars gifts on the Muppet Show. Probably Donnie Marie. I don't know. I wasn't around then. Richard Pryor but, did a famous famous uh, Star Wars uh, cantina sketch. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, actually Morris used actually used on, uh, a lot of the same costumes too. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep. See, and but the Star Wars holiday special is all about getting back to Kashyyyk, where the Wookies are from, to celebrate Wookie Life Day. Oh, and you, you find Chewbacca's family, you know, Mala, Lumpy. These are actual names. These are actual <laughs> canon. They are in comics, in card games, and everything else. They they exist. And they were trying to make some sort of, you know, heartfelt kind of holiday special. But again, didn't really work too well. But it does have something. And it's, I think it's interesting, too. I love how, like, you know, was it in Jurassic Park, Life Finds a Way? It's kind of like, you know, with Deadpool. Everyone hates Rob Blaffield. But it's like, you like Deadpool? Oh, yeah. Rob Blaffield. Well, do, do you like <laughs> Star Wars Holiday Special? Oh, no. Do you like Boba Fett? Oh, yes. Star Wars Holiday Special. Yep, they have that the animated part. Yeah, which is right. the most watchable of all of it, to be honest. I <laughs> no, I think the Diane Carroll scene where she's, uh, you know, where the grandpa is masturbating, uh, while watching her uh, do a nice special song to him. I don't, I don't remember that scene. I must have saw the. Well, well, it's implied that that's just, what he's doing. I just remember <laughs> the Starship. The camera never pans down. <laughs> I just remember Starship. Rare. Yeah. Yeah, well. Starship in it. <laughs> Diane Carroll, um, B. Arthur, uh-huh. Harvey Corman, Corman, yeah, Art Carney. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and the, all the voices and all the original cast, and some of them were like you know hurt, you know, these sorts of things. And so this is kind of interesting to mention too. Sadly, you know, David Prowse passed away. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yes, we did. just saw that. Saw he that just too. passed away. Yeah. Oh really? Jingle Jones is the voice, but David Prowse is the the presence. It's the body. Oh yeah. Yeah, David Prowse couldn't have done the voice. Coming from Bristol. He's like, like, Luke, I am your father. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if you've seen, um, you know, unedited uh, clips with his his original voice uh, doing those scenes, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Before he got that gig, he he was the, uh, the, 
there was a thing over here called the Green Cross Code, which is like a rules for kids of you know, how to safely cross the road. And he was the Green Cross Code man. So he had this like superhero hero outfit. It was all white with big um, green epaulets and a green cross on his. Uh, and uh, and the tagline was always, <laughs> because his accent was wonderful, I won't be there when you cross the road, so always use the Green Cross Code. <laughs> <laughs> or the there you go. <laughs> well, I've seen pictures of him in that outfit, but I've never heard him. I've never heard him say that. That's mm. fine. That's funny. Now I have to say that as as someone who was at just the right age when the Star Wars Holiday Special came out, I, you know, I was uh, what eleven uh, that year. Um, I can honestly say that there was no way I was ever going to look up a bootleg or buy it. <laughs> I I I felt very betrayed by that special the night I watched it at 11 years old and I'm like what is this shit and I was 11 I should have been eating it up I should have been loving it it was horrid absolutely I don't horrid. even recall watching it when it came out oh, I don't I, remember I, watching it I couldn't wait I couldn't wait mm-hmm. and then uh, honestly I don't think I made it to the end I think I I don't think I watched the whole thing. It really is bizarre. It is it is put together by people who obviously <laughs> never watched Star Wars. That's it's just true. it's it's it a Star Wars in it. Gets, let's see. Let's get a musical act. Uh, Jefferson Starship. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I mean, I you know, Art Carney. Let's have Art Carney. And now because and the kids these, love these and these old these old actors. These perform. You know, Art Carney, B. Arthur, and Harvey Corman. They do the best they can with what they got. That's true. Um, you know, because they're old pros, but it's just, it's, it's just un- incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, and then and then to see you know Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and 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 Carrie Fisher trying to kind of, you know, muddle their way through whatever you know scenes they're in. Uh, it's some lipstick on that pig. Yeah. Uh, did, didn't he have like a, a motorcycle accident before that? Yeah, he was. Yeah, in a, he was. Yeah. He was. His in a makeup car accident. was really. His makeup was really uh, heavy. In yeah. that episode, yeah, and yeah, it was on like you know Perkadan or something. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. It's actually, uh, I think, isn't that why they had the the scene at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back with the uh, with with the uh, the snow creature because mm-hmm. uh, the they, had to, they had they had they had to uh, <laughs> explain his scars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. Oh man, yeah. At least that's what I that's what I remember hearing anyway. Mm-hmm. But, I, 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 I still know I, they, they they actually explained. Uh, Harrison Ford scars in both Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Yes, they mm-hmm. did. Yes, they did. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. Anyway, well, an I, actor just having a scar. I should should not be uh, remiss uh, it, since you mentioned it. Uh, there is a brand new Star Wars holiday special out that totally takes the taste away, in, in my opinion. <laughs> um, oh, it's hilarious! And it's oh, a yeah. le- it's, Plus, it's, yeah. it's a Lego. Star Wars holiday special and it's on Disney Plus and it just debuted um, la- last week I think it was like mm-hmm. out on the 18th or something um, and, it's, oh, and, wow. and it's it's pretty good I, I don't think it's great but it's pretty good I, I enjoyed it there's a lot of in jokes um, and it's kind of a classic you know time travel portal thing where Ray from the new movies basically goes back uh, into like scenes from all the old movies and meets up with oh, wow. like, but it it gets it gets pretty hilarious because suddenly you see young Luke before you know anything happens meeting up with Luke from Return of the Jedi and you know 
there's there's just it's you know it's just really funny and and darth vader is actually pretty hilarious in it um you know uh it it's uh it's a great little uh it's it's a great special and and um i'm glad that uh you know I, I got to see it on, on Disney plus. I, you know, not to yeah, show for Disney plus, but I do, I do like the service. <laughs> they have quite a lot that I, oh, I, I like watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the, to me though, I always see star Wars. I know you mentioned Tom Baker being in the Sinbad movies. To me, those, those big movies are like, to me, those are holiday movies because TBS used to show all that stuff. I remember when, you know, our three networks, you know, NBC would show one of the star Wars movies. We'd call all our friends and be like, it's coming on. very good i'm looking at my my bootleg of holiday special and right beside it i have all the ewok movies caravan of courage and the battle for indoor oh those are on disney sunday night (laughs) horrible horrible (laughs) again we were thirsty (laughs) yes we were yes we were yeah yeah Speaking of speaking of Star Wars and and hold and um, them appearing in in other things, of course we've mentioned the Muppets, the the, the classic Pigs in Space episode from the Muppet oh, Show. Oh yeah, yeah. Pigs in uh, Space. Oh, that was fantastic with uh, Mark Hamill and C three PO. All right. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Excellent. That was amazing. Excellent. All right. Well, that brings me to kind of round out the uh, the top picks here, and uh, my last pick is is. Uh, an episode of uh, of a Nickelodeon TV show called Hey Arnold, uh, from ni- oh yes from oh, from nineteen ninety six. Oh, so I, it sounds like there's some fans out there. I was I thought I might oh, yeah. be I thought I might be picking one that uh, people hadn't seen much, but um, the the Hey Arnold Christmas uh, episode from nineteen ninety six has got to be one of the most heart wrenching uh, pieces of animation I've ever seen. Um, the writing on this is is spectacular, and um, I'll, I'll I'll be straight up. I've seen it three nights in a row doing research. I watched it, um, uh, th- you know, a few nights ago by myself. I watched it uh, Friday night with my daughter, and then I watched it last night with my fiance because she'd never seen it, and I was ex- describing it to her, and she wanted to see it, um, and I cried all three times at the end uh oh, wow. it, it 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 just affects me i and i'm not sure why but it's just the the writing is is spectacular um i don't want to give too much away because i think it's worth seeking out and i don't want to ruin the kind of the mm-hmm. emotional punch of it but essentially what boils down to is arnold is this uh nine-year-old kid who lives in a boarding house and uh they're doing secret santa you know, for all the people that live in the boarding house. And he gets, he picks, uh, Mr. Huynh, who's from Vietnam and he has no idea what to get Mr. Huynh. Uh, and he discovers that he had to, um, Mr. Huynh had had to give up his daughter, um, back in 1975 because it was kind of, 20 years at least 20 years or so in the past to when this was happening so that's that sounds about right um there was only one room for one more person on the helicopter and he decided to give his daughter up to the soldiers on the helicopter and said i'm going to find her after the war is over and i'm able to get to get to america and Mm. you know it took him 20 years to get to america and he's been searching for his daughter and he's never found her this type of year Always make me remember. Remember what? 
It was a long time ago, Arno. A very complicated story. I'd like to hear it. Please tell me. Many years ago, I lived in another country, far away. I was a young man with a family, a beautiful baby girl. I called her Mai. I was the luckiest man in the world. At night, I used to dream about our future together, to watch Mai grow up and go to school, to see her be happy. But there was a trouble in my country. There was a war in the north. And every day, the fighting was coming closer and closer. I knew this would not be a good place for my child to grow up. I could not keep her safe, maybe not even have enough food for her to eat. So I decided we must try to get out. We must try to find a better life. Everyone was trying to get out. Everywhere, there was confusion. Somehow, I got through. The only way out of the city was by helicopter. There were too many people. I begged the soldier, please, please take us. Help us find a new life. But he could not. He said there was only room for one of us. Then I had to make the most difficult decision of my life. I knew I had to do the best thing for Mai. I knew if I gave Mai to the soldier, they would take care of her. They would find a home for her. And then, as soon as I could, I would get out of the country and find her again. As the helicopter left, the soldier called out the name of a city. This city. He said he would bring her here. You had to get rid of the soldier. You were saving her life. Yes. And you've never seen her since? No. It took me 20 years until I could finally get out of the country. That's why I came to this city. I believe she is here somewhere, but I have not been able to find her. Sometimes it is so difficult. I almost give up hope, but I never stop thinking about her. I will never stop trying. I would give anything to see her again, to know that she is happy. So Arnold decides he's going to try to help find the daughter for Christmas. And that's all I'm going to tell you <laughs> because I don't, I don't yeah. want to give it away if you haven't seen it because it it's spectacular. It really, um, you know, as the kids say, it gets you right in the feels. Um, right in the feels. And, um, oh, and, one, and one of the other main characters uh, is Helga, um, who is this girl who outwardly hates Arnold, but secretly pines for him. Um, mm. And so uh, she um, she has um, a great kind of character arc in this episode um, that um, that's just uh, the final the final line of the show is, you know, if I wasn't crying enough, the final line just, you know, punches me. It. Yeah, it mm. just punches me right right in the gut. And mm. and. Uh, you know, hey Arnold is is kind of a has kind of a weird history. If you've never heard of the show, um, mm -hmm. it uh, hey Arnold was a, Arnold was actually a side character in the old uh, Penny shorts from Pee Wee's Playhouse. 
Um, oh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. So the guy that created the the penny shorts was Craig Bartlett, and he went on, he he yep. went on to uh, start developing Arnold as a character for Nickelodeon. Because after Pee Wee's Playhouse was over, um, you know, he was he was trying to get you know some deals, so he made some Arnold shorts, um, and uh, that's how I discovered it. Was uh, they actually made it like a ten minute short that played in front of Harriet the Spy, which was Nickelodeon's very first mm-hmm. feature feature film back in 1995, I think. And they played this Hey Arnold short. And of course, I was a projectionist at the time, so I saw it and I was like, you know, I, you know, I kind of like this. You know, the writing is good. And, um, you know, the next year, they, 1996 is when they started the, the series on Nickelodeon. And I happened to be flipping, flipping through the channels and I saw it and I'm like, oh, hey, this is that cartoon from from that movie and um just so happened to be the holiday episode and i you know it just i was completely taken by surprise i was not expecting what that episode was um Mm. you know when i saw it because it it's uh it's definitely written on an adult level uh and and it really was very emotional uh very emotional episode so um i highly recommend it um, it's, it's in the first season and I believe it's episode 18. It's called Arnold's Christmas. Um, I know I got my, I got it on iTunes, so I'm sure you can get it, you know, on wherever you get your digital media. I don't know if, 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 uh, if it's streaming anywhere, but, um, you know, I think I paid like a dollar 99 for it. So, uh, well, it's usually worth... how much episodes are, so that's good. Yeah. Well, well worth it. Um, you know, I'm sure it's on Amazon and, and some of the other places too, but you know, yeah. I, I got mine on iTunes. So that's my favorite. I don't, has, has, has sounded like a few of you had, had also seen it. Yeah. I remember seeing I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Nope. I haven't oh. seen it. I've yeah. not. Oh, it sounds really, yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really something. And, uh, it, it's, it's worth seeking out. Uh, I, I really, really recommend it. I mean, you, you know, you're watching, you're, you're expecting, Oh, it's a, you know, Christmas episode. And all of a sudden it's like all this stuff about Vietnam and guy giving mm. up his kid. And it's like, Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> and, I remember watching, uh, Hey Arnold and uh, cause I lived in Washington at the time and, uh, right. Craig Bartlett was a local boy. Oh, uh, to the oh, that's area. right. He so, was from um, Seattle, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so we were all like, "Oh, it's Craig Butler. Yeah, he's local. Yeah, that's you know, it was, it was kind of a, uh, everyone was kind of a, a like a fan. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So it's it's worth seeking out. It's one of my favorites. Um, uh, you know, of of more recent vintage, um, and I definitely definitely recommend it. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on on that happy note, uh, <laughs> we just have a few minutes left before we we have to wrap up. So yeah. um, we have some time for some uh, maybe some honorable mentions, or uh, I think it was uh, discussed about possibly d- talking about some of our least favorite holiday specials. And I know that there's some <laughs> bad ones. Curdlers. There's 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 some bad ones out there. Um, so. You know, uh, Michael, what do you have? Do you have any honorable mentions or brain curdlers? As, uh, as... I, I have no brain curdlers, but if you say the title Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, I run from the room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nestor. There so we, there we go. I'm going to have to remember that for future use. It comes in handy, believe me. 
It's a showstopper. <laughs> very, very good. It's like the word moist with a lot of people. <laughs> no, I have no problem with moist. I don't either. Yeah, I, I, you got to have a moist turkey. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. All right. All right, yeah. Jim. Do you have any? Okay. Do you have anything? I, I have a, a, a quick honorable, which is uh, it's a commercial. And we, those of us old enough will remember the Norelco uh, television commercials that would come up during the Christmas season. Oh yeah, oh, with yeah. Santa, a stop animation, stop motion animation Santa in a in the head of a uh, of a Norelco shaver, just sliding, going through the snow and, and all so that. Those just, were great. I just those remember were great. seeing that. Those were great. And it was just you know, again, it was one of those things. Oh, Christmas is coming. You know, it was that thing. <laughs> My brain curdler might be controversial. Oh. Frosty the Snowman. I like that. <laughs> the animation is good. The animation's good. The story's okay, but I I hate it because Happy it's, birthday. it's one song. It's Frosty the Snowman over and over again. The kids sing it. The adults sing it. Jimmy Durante sings it. He sings it slow. He sings it fast. He sings it happy. He sings it sad. It's one song. Over and over and over. You you oh, sound a little God, bit like uh, you sound a little bit like the magic guy with the lost his hat. <laughs> That's right. It was his hat. Give him the damn hat. But Frosty, he's our and friend. And they say I'm grumpy. Busy, busy, busy. There you go. <laughs> See, you sound exactly like him. Oh God! But I just I you know he was the guy I was sympathetic with. I just you know. You know, it's funny. They they made a sequel to that called Frosty Returns. Um, mm -hmm. Back, I'm trying to remember when that came out. Exact that was in the 90s, I think. Burt Ren Reynolds. Burt Reynolds was the narrator, and uh, and I I want to say that um, who who was the guy that played the doofus on Coach? Um, Dalbert. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dalbert. yeah. He, yeah, Bill he Bob, uh, he was the voice of Frosty. Yeah, and mm. is also the voice of Patrick. Yeah, and uh, Brian Doyle Murray played kind of the villain of the of the uh, of the of the show, and the only good thing of note from that special was uh, Mark Mothersbaugh did the music. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And it wasn't just one song. No, oh. no, 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 oh. it wasn't. no, no. Oh. That's no. a horrible song too. <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I kind of my favorite. You know, it's is, Christmas. Is Jimmy, Jimmy, how, how Jimmy, warm Jimmy can Durant. it be getting? It's Christmas. Where are they? He's got time. You've got time. It's Christmas. You don't have to hurry up to the North Pole. It's Christmas. It's December twenty fifth. You still got three months of winter to go through. Depends where you are, because the right. Only well, snow they had snow winter. around. You know, they had to be somewhere <laughs> that had some more winter coming. Exactly. Oh, it's stupid. It's a stupid uh, show. It all, is. All right. It, it is. But wow. It's quite fun, though. <laughs> all right. I think my favorite bit of that is Step Jimmy Durante saying, uh, Let me tell you. <laughs> Jimmy Durante going, uh, Precious poinsettias for Christmas. Oh. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. All right, Jeff, on that on that special note, uh, do, do, what do you have for honorable well, mentions, well, if anything? For my honorable mentions, I'll just I'll just quickly mention them. A Muppet Family Christmas. Very good. Uh, which is um, where they meet the Fraggles, which live under the house. 
because uh, it's all connected and all the tunnels are connected. Uh, and of course, all the Sesame Street characters show up singing carols, which is amazing. Um, and the other one is uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, mm. um, which was uh, amazing as well. Um, was oh, that the one where Big Bird? I remember. I do. I kind of remember that Big Bird has to. Uh like help Santa Claus out and or Big Bird does something that messes up Christmas and he has to try to fix it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but it, it's not to be confused with with uh, a Sesame Street Christmas, which was a few years earlier, which didn't really involve many of the Muppet characters at all. And it's just people standing around talking, basically. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but my for my brain curdlers, I've got to say pretty much it's a love hate thing the entire output of Rankin Bass, pretty much. I love it, but I hate it, mm. you know. But in particular, Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh. Does, <laughs> does my edit because Mickey Rooney, it's that song, with, if you sit on my oh, yes, day, I say. a kiss, a toy. It's like, hang on a second, that's why parents don't like more Santas, isn't it? <laughs> pretty much. Well, it was yeah, a different that, time. It was a different that time. Is a, yeah, that song yeah. Is, uh, oh. didn't age well. <laughs> No. And, but, I'll give you a toy. Come on, give me a kiss. Yeah, get in my lap. Give me a kiss. I'll give you a toy. Come on. Ouch. Oh, it's a yeah. special toy. But I have a special Some toy of those obscure Rankin Bass ones, though, like I mean, Peter the Cottontail, that's awful. Um, <laughs> that's awful. But, but yeah, Nestor of the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, is. Ah! He, can go, he can do one. <laughs> he can just do one. Let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> And the and the little drummer boy, just oh, that's, again again that's one song. Do you have a, do you have a problem with the perumpa prum perumpa? I can't even say it. Yeah. You have a problem with it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's rubbish. I'm sorry. Yeah, I always David Bowie and Bing Crosby though, even though it's not on there. But it just you know what, Jeff? There are some kids out there, there that go. are going to be listening to this show. No, there aren't. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, like, have you seen my demographics like yeah. <laughs> adult children like us, I, yeah. I think uh i think at least five of five of my listeners are are on the show right now <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i say about my part my show dimland radio i say you know just like and I then get, only get, half the time does I, I, I get three, I get three this, listeners yeah, i'm, I'm at least one listener of my own show yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> Even after I've sat there for hours editing the damn thing, I still sit and listen to it afterwards. Just like, what's wrong with you? Just heard it. I appreciate your shows, uh, Douglas. All right. Well, thank thank you very much. All right, right, Brian. Jim, Jim, not so much, but, you know, the rest of you guys, two and three ain't bad, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Exactly. You still listen to my show. Thanksgiving is the beginning of the holiday season. Turkey's away, WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Excellent. That was my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. That's a, that's a great episode, and 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 KRP actually had a, a pretty good uh, Christmas episode too, um, which I think, if I remember, revolved uh, Lonnie Anderson. Um, put everybody thinking she's going to be alone for Christmas, but it turns out when they when they get to her apartment, she's like flying off to Saudi Arabia or something. Right. right. <laughs> Some sultan has uh, invited her over for for the holidays. It's kind of yeah. That was her doorbell. That's right. That's right. It's time to ring the doorbell. Uh, you know, we we could do an entire show on WKRP. One of my favorites. Yeah, one of my favorite. 
one of my favorite shows idea. of all time. Write it down. Physical media because all the music rights. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the tough part is the music rights. But uh, yeah, I mean they they obviously did very wacky stuff, but uh, they also did, I, I they did do an episode on the uh, the Who concert, which yep. happened in Cincinnati in real mm-hmm. life um while that show was on the air and they did actually do a show about that yep. um so you know uh that that was just some good writing good characters uh oh, great, great show great show um thanks thanks for bringing that one up uh brian oh thanks yeah did you have a brain curdler or is that uh uh well, I think He Man and She-Ra did it. So. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, I don't. Uh, I didn't really uh, have any brain curdlers or honorable mentions. I didn't uh, have time. A lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about, you guys talked about. Um, you know, I tried coming up with a, a few things that were a little different. And um, you know, I really, really highly recommend the uh, Hey Arnold uh, Christmas special. So. Or a Christmas episode, I, you know, I really think uh, it's worth checking out. It's worth looking yeah. for. Um, yeah. So I think uh, on that note, uh, we'll we'll end it there. Um, and uh, I just want to thank all of you, uh, Michael, Jim, Brian, Jeff, uh, thank you guys, and, and myself. Uh, <laughs> for, Merry holiday, everybody! For for, for convening well, happy, and, and happy doing Wookie this. Happy Wookiee Life Day, everybody. <laughs> Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules is copyright 2020 by Douglas Arthur for Dugside Syndicate. All other content is copyright its respective holders and is used under the doctrine of fair use. You can contact the show by sending an email to spacemules at yahoo.com, or you can drop us a voicemail on our new listener line. Just visit anchor.fm slash spacemules slash message, and we might just use it on a future show. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at spacemules, and head over to Facebook to like the official Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules fan page for all the latest news, show notes, and celestial ephemera. And... Please check out our new Dugside Syndicate Tee Public storefront for all your Space Mules swag. T-shirts, magnets, coffee mugs, you name it. We have all the highest quality merchandise you can shake a Zuni doll at. Just head over to tpublic.com slash user slash Dugside and support the show. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. We're now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Copy RSS. Or you can visit anchor.fm at any time. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Be sure to tune in next time when you'll hear my brother say, What do you most love about Christmas, Helka? <laughs> Are you kidding? The presents. I'm going to make a haul this year. But Helka, Christmas is about giving and sharing, family and friends, holiday spirit. Oh, come off your high horse, sister. Christmas is about presents. It's about getting as much stuff as you can possibly get. It's about money and flesh. It's about shopping like a barbarian. It's about getting yours before the other guy gets his. It's about dropping hints, making lists. Christmas is about... Snowboats.
Set at Christmas time, so it's actually a Christmas so movie. A Christmas movie, yeah. Well, oh, Die Hard is, so why not that? Any movie that has a Santa in it, or you know, anything, you know, French Connection, that's a Christmas movie because oh. of course it is. Jim, it's not a Santa Claus Christmas so. movie Christmas part two. two. Yeah. Any Christmas reference that? in any movie at all, it is a Christmas movie. Okay, all right, there we go. There, that's been seven. <laughs> Well, that was a quick podcast right there. There we go. There we go. It's not a Christmas movie, Caligula. There we go. Caligula has got a Saturnalia, which is Christmas. Uh, yeah. That's what it's... A lot of red in there, and red is one of the colors of Christmas. Brian. I think well, somebody uh, comes the... down the chimney, too. I think there was a couple of streets. Oh. As a matter of speaking, yeah, I imagine. Wow. And you yeah. say we take this thing off the rails, Douglas? Nice. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Pedro Tula as well. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, dogs. Yeah, you need a rim shot coming on here. Oh, wait a minute. That could... Wait, wait oh, what? Ouch. Oh, Careful. You know, a drum. A drum. Hey, guys, shot. Christmas is coming. Let's get this thing going, huh? Okay. It, on the Christopher Eccleston front, I think I'm the only person that liked the word Dark World. So, I'll there. Um... You know, I still haven't seen that one. That's one of the few Marvel movies I have not seen. That and Iron Man 3. So, okay, Iron Man 3, I, I don't think that exists. <laughs> I don't think I acknowledge it. Iron Man, <laughs> Iron Man 3, I mean, number one, was it Shane Black that wrote the screenplay? And I mm -hmm. hate I hate Shane Black's screenplays. I do too. Uh, the Last Boy Scout was a piece of shit. And oh. I'm just, I he gets so much praise I see so many people praise Shane Black, and I'm like, every movie I've seen with his name in the credits has sucked. So I didn't want anything to do with Iron Man three. And, you don't want to do it. Yeah. And and from from the sounds of it, I made a good choice. Like, do you like everything uh, about Iron Man? I love the first Iron Man. I love the first Iron Man movie. Uh, it should be up there with Rocky Five. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Five. What's the matter with Iron or, Man? Or Star Trek Five. Star Trek Five is another yeah. great one. <laughs> <laughs>